Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. How's it going, everybody? It's a beautiful, warm Saturday, and summer is just on the horizon, which means the Tokyo Olympics are drawing near. And I don't know about you, but when I think Summer Olympics, my first thought is track and field. In fact, the first event in the first ever Olympics in 776 BC was a foot race. And I'm pretty sure if those original Olympians could see the type of numbers the runners are putting up now, their jaws would drop to the floor. But later in the show, we'll be talking to one of the fastest women on BYU campus, 800-meter star Anna Camp Bennett. But first, let's bring on the man who can throw a javelin a quarter mile, Ben Bagley. Ben, what's up? Wow, that would be like a world record or something, and and no, I can't. <laughs> but thank you. You're well. I wouldn't doubt it, Ben. I wouldn't doubt if you could do that. I bet you're a, a strong, strong man. I know you did track. What what events did you do? I did. I actually did throw javelin. That's why I know that that would be a world record. Uh, and I threw shot put. <laughs> I I threw both in high school, and I threw javelin for one year at Utah State. Okay. What was your favorite? Uh, both because I didn't have to run. Um, that, I, I had a football coach who told me uh, after one season, goes, okay, season's over, boys. We want you guys to get into another sport. And seeing that you're defensive lineman, we want you to do wrestling. And I said, I'll do track and field. <laughs> Great suggestion, coach. I'm going to do track and field. That's awesome. So if you if you were to attempt to throw the javelin now, how do you think you'd do? Uh, I'd end up in the hospital with a torn rotator cuff and a, and a blown out elbow. <laughs> no, in all seriousness. Look, I loved throwing javelin. It was a lot of fun. But if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't touch the spear because it just, I mean, it's an unnatural throwing motion. It just messes up your body. Like my shoulder, uh, for my senior year in high school, my elbow was messed up the whole year. Uh, It's fun and, and and it's really, really challenging. It's just just messes up your body because it's an unnatural throwing thing. But it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed track and field. I really enjoyed doing it. Here's the thing. People that play other sports think throwing the javelin looks like it'd be really easy. It's not. And it is absolutely not easy. So so I did softball, uh, tennis, and track and basketball in high school. But I, I didn't do track until my senior year because I decided not to play softball. And in my brain, I was like, for some reason, I thought track and field was kind of for those people who didn't know how to play other sports, right? But that's 100% not true. So when I decided to do track and field, they asked me to throw the javelin because I played softball. And I'm like, oh, this is easy. (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The javelin was going, I don't know how many people I almost killed. It just was, it was really ugly. Until this was a cool story. So it was uh, the regionals. And I'm like, yeah, there's no way I'm qualifying for state, but let's let's give this a go. And uh, a, a coach from a different school came up to me and said, hey, switch your grip a little bit. And I ended up throwing farther than I ever had, qualified for state. And then I took fourth place in state. And not to toot my own horn, Ben, but on that one throw, I broke the school record at Pleasant Grove High School. So did you Which ch- still stands till this day. So How about that? So did you change to the fourth grip or to the palm grip? The fork grip. Oh, that's I was the palm, grip. I was doing the f- palm grip, which most people do, yes. actually, because I, I would just watch what the other people are doing, and they said, try this way, and that was my jam. Oh, no, the fork grip, that's a, it's a life changer. And by the way, everybody at home is like, what are they talking about? Fork grip? <laughs> what is this? What, what am I tuning into here? No, yeah, yes. no, absolutely. And it, it, It's little things like that. I had a really good friend I grew up with who was always one of the best athletes in our age group. He was a fantastic pitcher in baseball, blah, blah, blah. He comes one year just to mess around and do the javelin. 
And I'll tell you what, I, I thought he was going to be good because he's really coordinated, really athletic. Uh-huh. And he was good until the javelin got to about 90 feet out. And then for, and I, I still don't know how he did this, but at 90 feet out, that thing would take a left turn. Like a ninety degree left turn. I'm like, you know, I go, I go. That's like physically, that's impossible. You, you shouldn't be able to get a job and to go straight and then turn at ninety feet. But he did every time. He couldn't figure it out, so he quit. That guy needs to be recruited to a war or something. Yeah, I was that's, like, a, that's 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 really a great impressive. skill. And he throws javelin around corners. <laughs> that's a, that's insane. It really it is. It's hard and it's hard to stick it in the ground. But I'm not sure how that guy did that. That's that's incredible. Ben, the Olympics are in a couple of months. What event or sport are you looking forward to the most? Uh, when it comes to the, so it's it's interesting because I've always I've always enjoyed the phenomena that is the Olympic Games because there's there's once every four years that you care about things like swimming and track and field and <laughs> right. ice skating and and ski like you know just once every four years is when you care about these things. I love uh, a couple of things when it comes to the Olympics. The the hundred the hundred yard da- the hundred meter dash is fantastic. Like the yes. fastest athletes in the world uh, on both the male and the female side, just watching them and how finely tuned their bodies are and the machines that they are is amazing to me. And, and the part of that comes from being being a member of a track and field team for quite a few years as well. But I also like I love beach volleyball. I love volleyball. I've played volleyball for a long time. I love those sports, and I like when that gets on the national stage or the international stage like that as well. So th- those would be my jam. I like the volleyball events and track and field. Mm, I'm with you. I I love gymnastics. There's something about gymnastics for me, but track and field is is like I said at the beginning. It's what I think of when I think of the Olympics and. And they're such unique events and sports because it's one of the rare sports that it is all about survival of the fittest, right? It's like you go back to the most basic skills like running, throwing, jumping, and it's all on you. The spotlight, the blame, the glory, everything is on you. And I, I think it, there, there's something special about that. I heard explain that someone was talking about this the other day on a podcast I was listening to. And, and he put it this way. He goes, he goes, the 100 meter dash is the epitome of what sports is. It's you versus someone else to see if I am just better than you and if I'm faster than you. And that's right. what it is. Like they're, they're, You're not relying on anybody else. Hey, did I get my stance right? Did I get out of the blocks on time? Did I hit my right steps? Did I just, am I just that much faster than the guy next to me? And, and it is. It, it is what sport is. And you could make the argument like boxing and MMA. There are a few other sport wrestling that are like that. If you're into the nonviolent sports... That are like that track and field <laughs> is the one for you, Ben. So I, as you, I know you, you did track and field and you love it. Where does it rank among some of your favorite sports? We all know that uh, everything is second to baseball, but where does track and field rank? Yeah, yeah no. Uh, after <laughs> baseball, there's nothing else because that's the bottom of the list. Um, uh, <laughs> you so know, you know what? I, I don't know. I've never really thought about putting it on a list. Like I, I never. Like I said, I enjoyed doing it. I, I actually. And frankly, the same reason why I chose it over wrestling, it was uh, like I went out to compete. I, I, I liked having competition in my life, but I also wanted to kind of relax and, and going out <laughs> outdoors in the sun and chilling out and not having to run. That was a big part of the events I chose. Uh, and, and in all seriousness, I'm, I'm being opening the door, full disclosure. I want, I'm lazy. I, I didn't want to run. Uh <laughs> They tried to get me to do discus a couple of times. Like hammer throws, amazing to me to watch those guys with the coordination to be able to spin around as fast as they do and still let go of the hammer and not kill someone. 
or or bang it off the fence, like actually hit that window that they have to throw it out right, of, is amazing right. to me. Because I tried discus once or twice, and they're like, they're like, no, you'd be a really good discus thrower. Try this. I'm like, I'm not that coordinated. You get me spinning, I'm gonna fall over. I I can't. I don't. I don't know where to let go of this thing at. And, and, and so that like that's that's amazing. But but javelin and shot put was just nice because it was just a, it was competition. But I was it was relaxing. There wasn't a lot of stress on me. It was just go out. <laughs> Do something, compete against everybody else, and have a good time. And that's what track and field was for me. As far as ranking it in my favorite sports, I'm not exactly sure where it would be at. It's just, it, it almost doesn't even feel like a sport. It's just something completely different. But it, it, what's crazy is it lasts two seconds. Like most of the events, like you throwing the javelin, you throw, you're done. <laughs> you sit down. It's just, it's, it's, and I wouldn't even say it's anticlimactic because actually leading up to that is is amazing, but it's it's so quick. So like I said, I didn't run track until my senior year. I did the javelin and then I did the 100 and the 4 by one And it's I, I got disqualified because I false started on the 100. So that was neat. That's also one of the crappy things about track and field is you get one shot. If your toe even moves, you're out. But I my, my whole family came to the uh, state uh, track tournament and – they, none of us have been track and field people, and they left saying that was so much fun to watch. Just the excitement leading up to in the four by one. What is it like? You know, 40, 50 seconds. It's just, it's an incredible thing. It's, it's so fun. And uh, Ben, we're going to talk about a few random facts about running that you probably didn't know. Okay. Okay, go. Here you go. According to sundried.com, runners used to drink champagne as an energy drink. In the Victorian times, it was thought that alcohol was a performance enhancer. Were the, so they were the, drank alcohol all the time. Were the lanes were the lanes wider on the track? <laughs> did they did they each have their own lane? And we're talking like car lanes, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. right? Yeah, you, straight line, folks, straight line. We've come a long way. Uh, the world record for running a half marathon backwards is what? one hour and forty minutes. Who are I, these people? Why do people want to run marathons or half marathons? Let alone do it backwards. <laughs> I don't know. Who I don't know who these people are. I hear some things like this, and I'm like, who has the idea? You know what? I'm going to run a half marathon backwards and see how fast I can do it. You're just bored. That's not just... hard enough. I'm going to do it backwards. Yeah, come on, man. All right, number three. You can run a marathon in the desert at the North Pole or even around Mount Everest. How about that? They have They have different events in those various places to run marathons. That just sounds awful to me. Ben, what would it take to get you to run a marathon in the North Pole? What would it take? You could have stopped at run a marathon and take <laughs> more money than – I don't even know if there's a price on that. I just <laughs> we, we were doing this introductory thing one time, uh, and everybody's like, my name's so-and-so, and the one thing I'd love to do at some point in my life is run a marathon. And it, like for about three people ahead of me just all said, my goal is to run a marathon. And I got to me, I'm like, I'm Ben Bagley, and my goal is to never have the thought of running a marathon i just like <laughs> i don't get it and so far so good yeah really good I, I, i'm ahead in the game on that one <laughs> well i I've, been, I've watched other people run marathons and it is a great emotional thing when they cross the finish line absolutely good for them i'm with you ben heck no dude i, res- I respect <laughs> I, I do the not heck have out of the them. desire no i respect I, that I just have i got no interest in it my my philosophy is we as mammals were not meant to run long distances like that, right? We're meant to sprint, get our food, 
Come back and eat it. That's, no, no, that, <laughs> that's, that's, that's why God blessed us with an automobile. <laughs> hey, speaking of, okay, speaking of, number four, this is my absolute favorite. The winner of the 1904 Olympic marathon competed most of the course in a car. So the third edition, that's my kind of marathon. The third edition of the modern Olympic games took place in 1904 in St. Louis, Missouri. And it was the first time the Olympics had taken place outside of Europe and only 12 countries participated. Apparently it was a complete disaster. It was super hot, dusty tracks. And many of the competitors had to pull out. And one guy, Frederick Lors pulled pulled out after nine miles and got his coach to drive him the rest of the way in a car and the car broke down and he walked into the stadium and as he entered the stadium the crowd cheered him as the first finisher and he was crowned the winner and get this he didn't say anything he played along until they later found out someone was the true winner how about that guy he won the 1904 race because he did it in a car Hey, you know so, what? I, I applaud the ingenuity. I call that creative winning. I mean, uh, you, you started that story, and I went straight to Rosie Ruiz. If you remember her story, uh, she she in the 1980 Boston Marathon was declared the winner only for a week later to have her title stripped because uh, it was discovered that she didn't run the entire course. Part, part wow. of the belief is that she jumped in on the final half mile before the finish. And everybody's like, oh, cheater. I'm like, no, smart. That's She's genius. Really smart. Did not, not a Get villain, a genius. Get the glory for doing half the race. Yes, not a villain, a genius. <laughs> well, oh my gosh, on that note, I can guarantee the girl coming up ran all her races, and she did it without cheating. She's taken first place in the 800 meter in every met meet she's been in this season. Find out how she does it, Anna Camp Bennett, up next on Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to the Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. The BYU women's track and field team have been breaking records right and left this season, currently ranking ninth in the country. And one senior has been leading the pack literally and figuratively, Anna Camp Bennett. And she's right here with us now. Anna, thank you so much for coming on with me. Thank you for having me on. So you've been having an absolute killer season, including a cross country national championship as a team. And you finished first place in the 800 and every meet you've competed in this season. That's amazing. What has the secret been to making this such a dominant senior season for you? You know, I wish there was just one secret <laughs> that I could tell you, <laughs> but I think it's definitely a combination of a lot of things. I think just being um, older and more experienced is always really, really helpful I think, I think having, having a year of so much taken away, put an extra fire under, under me and just having a team that's just really good with really, really good training partners and, um, a coach that's super inspirational and soup and just knows what she's talking about, trains us the right way. I think those would be some of the main, the main factors. <laughs> You, you mentioned Diljeet Taylor and she, she's an amazing coach and an amazing person. I feel like to know her is to love her. Right. So what is it about her that pushes you to be better? So I think one thing for me is just a, a belief in each one of her athletes and, um, a backing up of that belief that she has in us with, um, with actions. Like she, she doesn't really take no for answers pretty often when like, She'll get us, move us up into certain heats or make sure we have opportunities to go to meets and to, to compete against the best in the country. And, um, 
yeah, she's always working really hard to make sure we have opportunities. Cause I know in the fall, this last fall for cross country, it would have probably been really easy for us not to go to any meets because there wasn't a lot to go to and people weren't really pushing for that. But she, she pushed and made sure that we got to go to a cross country meet. And then she set up just meets within the team that we could run. Like we ran a mile and a 5k. And so she's always given us opportunities. So yeah, I, Mm. I would boil it down to the main thing is her belief in us and then her backing up that belief with action. Oh, I love that. And and I love that you mentioned earlier that the motivation of not having your 2020 season uh, in order to be even better this season, I bet that was just, just maddening for you. What was that like having to skip a season? Um, it definitely at first was very, very emotional because we were, we were actually at the indoor meet for nationals when um, everything got canceled and it was just the craziest little turnaround like we did not expect that. Um, and then it was a really, as much as it was a hard experience, it was a really cool experience because I was able to really reflect to myself how much I do care about the sport and how much I do love it. Because in the time where it really didn't matter if I, if I was doing a lot of workouts or not, like I found that I really, I really loved it and I missed it like crazy. And I missed my team and I missed my coach. And so it was very, um, it was really hard, but it was really helped me get my priorities lined up. Um, it was cool because I did get to spend a little bit more time with my husband than normal. So just that was, that was like a good thing of it, I guess, trying to look at <laughs> some of the positives. There wasn't a lot, but that was the positive. <laughs> but yeah, definitely was very insightful to me and who I am as a person and how, who I am as an athlete and a runner. You're like, I love you, honey, but, but now I'm kind of sick of you and I want to go back to running again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, obviously something worked out for you because you're now seventh all time in BOU history in the 800. And when you think of all the athletes that have come through the program, what does that mean to you to know you're number seven on that list? I think that's one of the coolest things, especially, so especially at, as we went through cross country season and especially at nationals, I, I had like a deep reflection on all the girls that have come through this program. And like the ones that I've known, cause now it's, I'm a senior, it's actually my fifth year. And so I've known a lot of girls and I know that there were so many amazing ones that came before and like to be up there with them is one of the coolest things ever. Cause I remember as a high schooler looking at some of these girls being like, wow, like they are completely untouchable. And so mm-hmm. to actually be there is it's, it's really like humbling and mind blowing to me sometimes it's, it's really, really fun. So cool. It takes a lot of hard work. That's something that most of us in life won't be able to experience. So I think that's so awesome for you. And you do several events and also cross country, which is your best and which is your favorite? That is such a good question. Um, (laughs) This might make me sound not very loyal, but whatever (laughs) event I'm doing the best at currently, (laughs) if I'm going to be completely transparent. Um, Yeah, I do. So in yeah, in track, I'll mostly do the 1500 and the 800. And uh, there's just something to love about each of them. I guess like the 800 is just, it's just so fast. And so it's over so quick. And um, it's really kind of cutthroat. Like if you make the wrong move, your race is it's almost over sometimes. Like you, it right. takes a lot to recover where the 15 has just a little bit more give than that. It has a little bit more of a, of like a kick aspect at the end. Uh, 
Yeah, I really love Nicole. <laughs> Just whatever one I'm doing better at. <laughs> hey, I, I feel you with that. Absolutely. So the 100 or the 800 blows my mind. Is it a sprint? Is it do you have to pace yourself? I feel like that has to be one of the hardest races. How do, how do you compete in it? So that's definitely something I'm still trying to figure out <laughs> because coming, so coming off of a cross country season, it definitely feels like a sprint. I'm like, whoa, I haven't done these paces in a long time, but it's now starting to get to the point where it's like, okay, I'm a little more comfortable. I think I can go out a little faster and figure this out. But yeah, I think I've heard a lot of people say the 800 is kind of that. I don't want to say sweet, well, that sweet spot. That's it's not quite a sprint, but it's not quite distance. So it's kind of just a really long sprint almost. Oh man. Nothing about that sounds sweet to me, but, <laughs> but you do it well. And so th- that makes you love it. It's awesome. So where did your passion for running start? Oh, that is an excellent question. So, so like I said, I grew up in a family with eight, right. And I'm, I'm number five. And so as I grew up, this was probably my very first introduction to running is my family would always do this 4th of July. It was called the 4th of July freedom mile in Fillmore. And I remember all my siblings would do it. And so I think, I think I was pretty young. I don't remember how old, but all my siblings were, my older siblings were doing this little race. So I, I wanted to do it too. And to be honest, like I wasn't, I wasn't very good when I was a little kid, like all my friends would beat me and stuff, but my siblings would do it. And I thought it was so cool. And so I did that with them. And then I watched them run in high school. And as I learned more about, about my parents, cause sometimes right when you're a kid, you really don't know much about your parents, but as I learned right. more about them, Uh, My dad ran in Idaho in high school and had a state record for like years and years. And my mom ran a little bit at Utah state. And so it kind of runs a little bit in the family. Mm. So I'd say that was where like the seed was planted. But then as I got into high school and started running, there's just something about running and racing and competing. That's just, it's almost hard to describe, but it's very much like all of the pressure is on you and you can't, you can't look around to have anybody there to, to like hold your hand or anything like that. It has to be all on you. And like the confidence that I've been able to gain from that is something that I, I really enjoyed about the sport, like handling the nerves, handling just the pain of racing and all of that has been something I've really come to enjoy. And I think it was through high school that I really learned to enjoy that aspect of it. And then, yeah, it's just, it's just grown from there. Oh, I, I love that answer. The, all, all the pressures on you. And that's kind of unique uh, with just a very few sports that aren't, that aren't necessarily team sports. And you mentioned high school, you had an incredible high school career. You had, you were an 11 time state champ, but you also were the two A soccer MVP. So what would be behind your decision to pursue track and field instead of soccer at the next level? Um, That is also a really good question. I I also grew grew up loving soccer. I feel like most runners do have something else that they had that they were doing. And so, so yeah, like I said, I come, Fillmore is a really small town and in small towns, you just kind of do everything right. You're involved Mm -hmm. in every sport that there is. You're, you do student council, all these different things, just because there's not really a lot of people to go around. (laughs) Right. And so, yeah, my dad was actually my soccer coach too. And I like loved soccer, loved it. But I did realize that um, I was a little bit uh, slow to the game where I didn't have like the club team experience. It would have been 
it would have been really hard on, on my family and me to drive up because it would have had to, we would have had to driven an hour and a half to join a club. And I didn't want to give up cross country or basketball or track to do more soccer. Cause I, I love to do all those different sports and it was a really fun part of my high school experience. And so, so yeah, part of it really was just that regardless if you come from, from a small school, a big school, whatever part of the country, a time doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. And so being able to hit times that were closer to what like 5A and 4A girls were hitting was a big part of a big part of my decision because like I knew that I could I knew that I could go and and at least uh at least be equal to some of those those girls that were from those bigger schools where in soccer I I I didn't know. So that's actually something that I've never thought about with track in which is really cool. You mentioned that no matter where you come from, whether you're from like a, a big city or a small city, you can do track and it's the same no matter where you are. You also mentioned playing different sports in high school. And do you think there's a benefit for those athletes who played multiple sports growing up? So that that is a very, very good question. For me, I think it was super, super beneficial. I, I don't want to speak for anybody else and say that it that it would be for them too. But I know for me, like I gained a lot of um you just use different muscle groups and different ways of moving and stuff for different sports. So I definitely think there is a benefit. I think there, I think there definitely can be a benefit to that. But yeah, again, it depends on the person totally. Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely, definitely something that's kind of up for debate between parents and their kids Mm -hmm. and, and we'll see what happens in the future, but the Olympics are, are hopefully coming up this summer. What event are you looking forward to the most? Oh, I am there so many for all of them, for all of them. (laughs) Um, I think just because I am a 1500, 800 runner, I'm very excited to watch those. Um, I think that the steeplechase is always a super fun one because it's so dynamic as you're jumping over barriers. Uh, I really love the 400 hurdles and we have some good us 400 hurdle people. Hmm. The pole vault that one's just amazing to me. I love that. And then one of my very favorite races, and this one sometimes surprises people, but is the 10K because it's so long and there's so many, like you can just see the development of the race for so long and you can almost like, you almost feel the emotions of the people that are racing and how hard they're pushing. And that's so cool to me and I love it. And so uh, I don't think I could pick an exact favorite one. I'll probably be watching all of them. <laughs> I love that. That's a great answer. They really are also exciting and you can relate to all those people racing. So it's even more exciting for you. Anna Camp Bennett from the women's track and field, all American and national champion. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks Anna and good luck in the future. Thanks. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Anna Camp Bennett and Ben Bagley for coming on the show with me. You can join the Cougar tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon mountain time or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. This is Cougar Tailgate.